three, two, one, go. And we're live. We're live and we're live streaming. Welcome to the Ashes to Rubies podcast and live stream, life and recovery, and so much more. Today, I am wearing socks. I feel great. Perhaps you're listening to us on the recording and thank you so much for joining us. But if you're joining us live... No one's joined us live yet. Not yet. That hasn't it. happened. That's okay too. That's why we do a little bit of rhetoric at the beginning. Um, we would, rhetoric? We would do this. What again. does rhetoric mean? Conversation? Rhetoric. Or is it just, like, is rhetoric a negative term for somebody talking? Yeah. Okay. Why? No, because every... No, but I'm trying to think, why is it negative? I don't actually is know it because the definition of negative. It's a nice way of saying, like, man, you're talking a lot. The rhetoric that you're spewing. Or is rhetoric just conversation? I feel like rhetoric is... I cannot think of the definition right now, but it's... There's it's, an H in it. There's not like... A, there is an H in it. Very good. <laughs> it's not like well thought out facts and evidence. Mm. So just... I believe. I don't know. I, I thought rhetoric was conversation. I'm, I'm having rhetoric. Yeah. Or we're doing rhetoric. But you're rhetoric. just like talking about stuff. It's not like... You're not presenting facts and evidence. It's Red rhetoric. 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 That's an interesting word. Okay. <laughs> I get stuck on words. You know me in words. But oh, I'm the way so to... sore. My body is sore from working and and doing different type. I'm I'm a, I feel like I'm a laborer. You are a laborer. Yeah. We have been doing physical physical labor. activities. It's fine. All right. Anything else you want to report? I love that sweater on you. That's my favorite sweater. Today's the tenth, but we're gonna read this one. Um, sure, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Maybe we are. Maybe. What one is it? Yeah, let's go. Let's, Good let's, morning. Let, let's, let's, let's crush it. So we're going to read from the Al-Anon perspective. You Al-Anons, go ahead. And discuss. Go. The first step of Alcoholics Anonymous. What would my life be without Al-Anons? Is a That'd clear. so lonely. The first Sorry, step of I'm Alcoholics Anonymous is. Coffee's a... kicking in. Go. I don't want to try to control what's happening here, though, because I know I have a tendency to be controlling. So, um, the first step is a clear and ringing statement of our true status in the alcoholic situation. It should leave no doubt in our minds as to just where we stand reading the first half. So, the first half of step one is admitting we are powerless over alcohol. Might generate instant resistance in our minds. The automatic response may be, not me, I'm not powerless, I'll fix this. But the step goes on to say, our lives had become unmanageable. This challenge denies that we are able to do any fixing. For haven't we ourselves demonstrated beyond doubt that we have not been competent to manage our lives? Today's reminder, the first step is by no means a statement of despair. It merely points out our human limitations. It prepares us to become humble so that we can find the spiritual answers that will place our lives on an entirely different plane. It is preparing us for deliverance from problems we cannot cope with alone. Quote for today. Let not my stubborn self-will stand in the way of my achieving serenity. Before I can accomplish anything, I must accept my need for help. Mm. This is a great conversation because it's the very beginning of a journey. And so if you get, if you start a journey and you're five degrees off, are you going to end up at the same place? Probably not. And so I think it's so important to discuss what it means in step one. 
And from our understanding, they're not like linear steps. They're circular, circular steps. So they keep going around. Cyclical. Cyclical. Oh, wow. That's an intense word. Cyclical. So at the very beginning, it's interesting from your point of view, it's saying the same thing to you as it is to me, mm-hmm. which is almost funny because I'm the one with the alcoholic problem. And all of a sudden you're taking on my problem. You don't have an alcoholic problem. Oh, wait, you do. No, I don't have an alcohol problem. I had an alcoholic problem. An alcoholic problem. So I had an alcohol problem. And I had an alcoholic problem. That's not even the problem. So then when I hear it, it's super easy for me. Like I'm powerless Mm. over alcohol. So when I drink, I don't stop. And when I stop, I keep starting in, in the basic format of it. And, and I have no power over alcohol and I never get power over it. That's God's job. Mm-hmm. So my job in step one is to actually admit that and then move into willingness to do whatever it takes to have a power greater myself solve that problem for me. But then you have the same problem is that you have an alcoholic problem in your home and you're not even drinking. Which is kind of sad, so you don't, but your payoff is a little bit different than mine. Your payoff is adrenaline and all the chaos and excitement that goes around with that. I sometimes think, you know, well, if only I was the drinker, that would have been a little bit more fun, but not true. I'm so glad that we were both. <laughs> uh, so from, from my perspective, like, yeah, I had a, I had a, um, a major problem with trying to fix and control what was happening in my home, what was happening with you. You know, I have what I like to call happy, helpful suggestions. They weren't happy, helpful suggestions in the, you know, wee hours of the night. But, you know, my life truly became consumed by other people's problems. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, it's true that, and and I've, in, you know, recent years changed that statement to, to actually say, like, I've admitted that I'm powerless over my obsessive tendencies. I'm powerless over the adrenaline that courses through my body Mm. with anxiety. I'm powerless over my need to control and fix the circumstances around me. And I'm, I am powerless over like my thinking, you know, that's really what it comes down to. And I can't let, I can't fix that on my own. Mm -hmm. I, I can't, I've done how many years of like different courses and therapy and retreats and books and knowledge and, you know, there's a certain period of time that I spent like learning and learning and learning and learning about codependency. And you know, this, that's a huge popular word right now. Codependency. Lots of people are th- saying, I think I'm codependent. And we spend a lot of time learning what codependency is. And then we just can't get to this. Now I'm trying to manage those behaviors. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this is a codependent behavior. This is codependent. That's codependent. Oh, this is codependent. I'm trying not to be codependent now. So then what I try to do is control those behaviors by, oh, I'm going to remove this person from my life. Oh, I'll take that person out of my life. Oh, I can't have relationships that are... So then in the addictive relationship, would a part of control, would that have, would that look like you do everything in the relationship? You pay the bills, you get everybody where they need to go on time, you organize everything. And so essentially you don't need the alcoholic, but you have him. It really just sounds like being the mother. Being the mother to the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a form of control. I don't have any responsibility, really. And nor do you need anything from me. And, and, you know, that can happen outside of an alcoholic home. So imagine moving into recovery. 
and and you don't need me. Yeah. And I'm trying to be responsible and and take ownership for raising the kids and paying some bills. Like, how did the bills get paid? Okay, I want to join in on this. I think it happens far more than just in an alcoholic home, though. I think Mm -hmm. that there's many women who can relate and and understand what I'm talking about. And I think it happens, you know, oftentimes early. You know, they've got young kids. Their husband's working really hard. Everyone's, you know, he's spending long hours at the office trying to pay the bills, you know, and she's taking care of the house she's taking care of the kids and i need to keep all of this in order and you know i get so big big in the sense of like i have to take care of everything mm-hmm. and then there's no room for him you know how do how does a man realize like oh i'm really distant from my family i think i've been too consumed with work maybe he's a workaholic maybe not but i've been too consumed with work i want to re-engage with my family she doesn't need him. Mm-hmm, she doesn't need mm-hmm. him. She pays all the bills. She takes care of everything. So then that that situation moves a person into really playing God mm-hmm. and controlling everything. And so the whole point of recovery is to stop playing God. Mm-hmm. That's really to... And to, we use the word is, recovery. There's lots of people that would use the word of transformation, that they want a transformed mm-hmm. life. You know, I recognize that there's this piece of my life that's not working and I want to trans... I want to be... You know, I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to be transformed. And we can be transformed. Mm -hmm. We should grow. And then the other part to that, the second part to that is I'll fix this. Right. So then it says the step goes on to say our lives had become unmanageable. So then I think people, this is the five degree difference, is most people say that the alcoholic makes my life unmanageable or alcohol makes my life unmanageable. Like alcohol is the forerunner of making that my life is chaotic and unmanageable. I can't get to work on time. I can't pay my bills. I spend all my money. Like I'm unmanageable. But the reality is I can see my real problem What of what alcohol relieves me of. Mm-hmm. So I had the problem to begin with. I had the problem before alcohol. So the unmanageability is actually talking about this spiritual illness inside of me that alcohol actually manages. And so without alcohol... My life is still unmanageable. I might I might have some freedom in certain areas. I might feel better, but I'm not getting better. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference in feeling better than being better. And so when I come into that step, I just have to say I'm powerless over alcohol mm-hmm. or and and what fill in the blank. And then my life is unmanageable because I'm a horrible manager of my irritable, restless, discontented spirit. And I need God's spirit, not the spirit of alcohol, not the spirit of a partner, but I need the spirit of God to actually start to manage this inside mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we can start from. And and in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it says uh, in the first forward, it says this is precisely how we have recovered. And so there's an actual recipe of baking, like baking. Anybody can cook and add flavors, but baking is very precise. So these 12 steps is a precise recipe to stop playing God Mm -hmm. and have a new freedom and have a whole new life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if this relates, if you can relate to that, we have lots of material on all the places, YouTube, our podcast, Ashes to Rubies, um, and you can listen to some of our old recordings or you can connect with our community. We have a program called Life Lab that is available on our website. Um, or you can just reach out to us and send us a message. And we're giving free memberships due to the yeah. uh, COVID experience no that charge. we're all having. No <laughs> charge. Um, if you want to become a member, uh, just reach out and we'll give you the free uh, membership code. All right. Until next time, keep the peace. Be of good behavior. 
and wash your hands.